Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios. Halfway home on this when, uh, th- sorry Thursday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, SEC Media Day is wrapping up as uh, Josh Heupel, Shane Beamer. Um, they all spoke uh, today. Um, who's the other guy that spoke? I, I just uh, Lane Kiffin uh, spoke. Um, let's head up the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to my friend Chris Goforth. He's been in Nashville covering the SEC Media Days for us on the radio station. And, of course, he is on Twitter at Chris Goforth1. Chris, my friend, appreciate the time. Thanks uh, for a few minutes tonight. Yeah, man, I'm I'm not halfway home, John. I am all the way home. So it's uh, it's it's been a, a fun and a fast paced uh, four days, but it it's it's good to uh, good to be in some comfy clothes and in the recliner for a little while. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's not that much longer of a drive for you than when you come down to Atlanta and drive back up to Chattanooga, right? I mean, it's maybe what uh, not even what not even two hours, maybe more. Uh, it's uh, for me. It's a little over two hours. It's probably about two hours and twenty minutes to get to Nashville. Uh, it's a bit more of a. It's a drive that I don't enjoy as much because you've got Mont Eagle Mountain and it's, you know, it's not as easy. Now the drive for me, uh, you know, I can beat a Midtown in in just over an hour. Mm. Uh, you know, if I really get on it, I can be a midtown in, in an hour and 15 minutes. You sure you want the cops to know that, uh, how fast you drive? I mean, well, anyway, um, well, that, you know, we'll, we'll keep my plate number a secret. <laughs> hey, I was, uh, I was laughing because I saw USA Today's, um, Florida Gators, uh, website, I guess, Gators Wire, uh, part of the USA yeah. Today network. They, uh, it's funny because we were talking about Billy Napier last night. They had Billy Napier as one of the losers um, of SEC media days. And, and the quote was, for as thrilling as Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman was on stage, Napier was the opposite. From his prolonged opening statement to the coach speak field answers, there was little enthusiasm or humor from Napier. It's representative of the energy surrounding the Gators heading into his second year at the helm. Florida went 6-7 and seven last season and has its win total at 5.5, according to DraftKings. So, you were all over that um, because, you know, again, um, you know, I, we, you and I and, and Randy all kind of scratched our head. We saw that billboard, right, at, at um, the SEC championship game, and we saw the big right. billboard with Billy Napier welcoming him to, you know, Atlanta and all that. And it was just like, 
wow, I hope they got the right guy. But, you know, again, he was listed as one of the losers for SEC Media Day. Yeah, I just, you know, John, it's one of those things. And I look, he's from Chatsworth. He's from Murray County. Um, you know, I've, I've had talked to his dad before. His dad's a, a long time uh, and legendary high school football coach in, uh, in North Georgia. His brother is the head coach at, at Murray County now. They're a great football family, and in his, you know, and I, I think all three of those guys are are class people. You know, uh, I think Billy Napier is a class act as a human being. It just feels like he's in a little bit over his head, uh, and it's kind of like, well, you know, I talked to you last night about some of the comments that he had that just kind of, you know, it's it's sort of him saying that without saying that, and, and talking about last year about how. You know, they kind of weren't prepared for the speed of the recruiting process and how quickly you have to make evaluations on guys and make offers to guys. It moves so much faster at the power five level than the group of five, but it's even faster than that, I think, in a place like the SEC where it's so competitive uh, to be able to land those top recruits. And I just – you know, it's it's really it's wild to think that the one loss total for Florida is at you know five and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm at dinner last night with some guys from various places around the uh, the conference, and the consensus was, yeah, bet the under when wow. it comes to Florida. Wow. Yeah, I, I it's just it, it is crazy. Um, you know, we saw Shane Beamer speak today. I know you like him. I like him. I mean, I think we all like Shane Beamer. I think he's done a really good job there. And, you know, again, they have plenty of challenges, and especially, you know, in that state with, you know, still the monster that, that is Clemson. And, and, look, you know, last year only four teams in the SEC won more games in conference than, than uh, South Carolina. That would be Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, and LSU. That's the only four teams that had more wins than South Carolina in conference. They finished eight and five. You know, it's it's one thing to kind of come out of nowhere, but it's another thing to try to build a consistent winner. And I know Shane Beamer wants that, but, you know, it is challenging there. I think this is an important year for the South Carolina program to capitalize on having a Spencer Rattler back and and really just trying to build off their success from last year. If they take a big step backward, you know, again, it I don't even know where South Carolina will be at that point. Well, and just to kind of expound upon what you said and, you know, how much, you know, you and I both really like him. Garrett Chapman was sitting next to me uh, today while Beamer spoke and, and Garrett leaned over and he goes, how do you not want to play for this guy when you hear him talk? I mean, he's just, he's just got that kind of presence and personality about him. You talk about the, this year being an important year for them. Uh, look, he's got that South Carolina fan base amped. Season ticket sales at South Carolina are up 106%. So he has got that fan base believing. It all comes back around. You know, the best stat, I think, and it's not a complimentary one, but it's the best stat that exemplifies where South Carolina is. No one has committed more turnovers the last two years than South Carolina has. Mm. They've thrown more interceptions and they fumbled more times than any other team in the SEC is the last two years. If they can just hold on to the ball, John, 
they're going to be a lot better. Dow Loggins takes over, a new offensive coordinator, a guy that frankly doesn't have a lot of college ties. I'll see how this works. He's more of a pro guy. As a matter of fact, he spent a, he spent a couple of years in Nashville with the Tennessee Titans. That's his background is more in the National Football League rather than being in college ball. I'm interested to see, A, what this offense looks like, but how he kind of fits in, you know, as, as Sam Pittman said yesterday, I think it's one of the best quotes of the week from Sam Pittman. He said, you know, in, in the, the portal world that we live in, you better have some guys on your staff that can recruit because if you can't, you're going to be gone. You know, and go ahead. be interested to see how well this guy can recruit there. And, and you know, uh, Chris, when you look at their schedule, you know, they start off with North Carolina, who's got, you know, again, I don't know if he's going to be the number one pick, but he'll be, he'll be freaking close. I mean, I know that. I mean, he'll yeah. be, he'll be maybe real close. Georgia at, you know, you're at Georgia, you're at Tennessee home with Florida, at A&M, uh, Clemson to finish off the year. I mean, I know they had a miraculous run, but I'm telling you, that schedule is not very easy for South Carolina, and there's there's a lot of opportunity to stub their toe along the way. And, you know, I wonder if they can meet the expectations that are now being set for what that program is. Well, I think it's going to be tough, especially, you know, you mentioned playing Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, you're going to play uh, Clemson again with their traditional rival there at the end. Those are two teams they kind of jumped up and beat last year that I guarantee you uh, in Dabo Sweeney's office and in, in Josh Heifel's office, those two game days probably have big red circles drawn around them. Uh, they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, that's for sure. Chris for joining me here. He was uh, live in Nashville this week for SEC Media Days, pre, post, and halftime host for – Atlanta Falcons radio network on the waitfor.com hotline here. We saw Lane Kiffin today. I, here's how I describe Lane Kiffin is Lane Kiffin looked like one of the flunkies that was hanging around Al Cervic at Bushwood <laughs> country club. I mean, he looked, he, I mean, yeah. the, the polo and the jacket. I mean, my God, I mean, he looked like he was on a three day bender with Rodney Dangerfield back in the eighties. I mean, he, he he looked like the total disheveled frat boy, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, again, he he would have fit right into Bushwood with some of those flunkies. I mean, just again, I, look, um, they're going to be an interesting team as well because you know they they had a nice year. I mean, they you know the eight and five you know on the season they won four games um, in the SEC. Um, they had one of the most dominant rushing teams you know in the SEC. Last year, their quarterback play was, I think, really below average. I mean, I thought, you know, they they did not get a lot out of their quarterbacks, but um, but you know, they were able to run the football. They're going to be an interesting team. I mean, they've got Tech coming in, you know, this year to their place, and you know, they had to go to Tech last year. But you know, again, they're another one of those teams that they feel like you know they're kind of middling in the SEC, but you know, they could still maybe finish in that top half of the conference. He was pretty open today in, in talking about last year and the fact that uh, he said that he himself did not do a good job at the end of the year last year of keeping that team together. And he said, I think it's one of the, one of the things that you face when you have a lot of portal guys on your team. He goes, everything's great and everybody's getting along when you're winning. But he said, all of a sudden, when you face some adversity and you're losing a couple of games, he said, that's when, you know, culturally 
things can really turn. Sounds like that's kind of what happened last year at, at Ole Miss. Now, I did get a chance, John, to talk to Quinshawn Judkins, uh, Judkins today, the guy that you, I think you and I both really, really like. You yeah. talk about a, a kid that is absolutely put together. I mean, he is a unbelievable. He is huge. And to uh, know how well that guy can run, uh, you know, he, he's got his sights set. He ran for more yards last year as a freshman in the SEC than anybody in the history of the league except Herschel Walker. So that's the kind of company that he's in. I think he's going to have a, another tremendous year. He talked to me a little bit today about being more involved in the passing game uh, at Ole Miss as well. He can catch it coming out of the backfield a little bit. And that's something he wants to do more of this year. Kiffin said today he thinks the quarterback room that he's got is the deepest that he's had since he's been in Ole Miss. So we'll kind of see what, what it ends up looking like at Ole Miss this year. It's got to be difficult not to want to just turn around and give it to Judkins every single play. Uh, he, he is, in my opinion, as dynamic as anybody uh, right now in college football. Yeah, I mean, he had 274 carries last year. He's going to blow past 300 this year. I mean, he's going to be in the 300s, I mean, when when all is said and done, because that's going to be their big offense. I mean, again, he caught 15 passes coming out of the backfield, but he's going to blow past 300 carries this year. And, you know, again, I I, I think that that's their offense. Um, you know, until, until I see some quarterback play, I, I, I question whether or not they're going to be able to do a lot uh, in the passing game. Let's, uh, and, let's. And the other thing, mm-hmm. the other thing about them, John, real quick, that I think is maybe a little bit of a head scratcher. You know, Pete Golding caught so much flack at Alabama for his defenses, uh, and I think maybe he kind of saw the writing on the wall and got out while he could. But Pete Golding is now the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. I'm interested to see, given you know, look, you, you don't have a Will Anderson on this on this Ole Miss defense. What kind of a defense can he put together there? I think that's going to be something to watch for them as well. Let's uh, let's switch over to a team that you know uh, pretty well in Tennessee. Look, I uh, you know I love uh, Josh Heupel. I, I think he's a terrific coach, and I thought he did so many terrific things last year. And and look, he had a stud in Hendon Hooker. He got the most out of Hendon Hooker um, last year. Joe Milton, obviously, he's got a lot of talent. He was the starter, you know there. Can they recapture the magic? I mean, that was a that was not a good season for for Tennessee. That was a magical season for Tennessee, and, and just where they finished and and eleven and two overall. You know, there was so much magic in the air, and yeah, I know they they got beat up by Georgia, but still though, you know that was that was a magical run. What can they do to kind of recapture that? Where where now all of a sudden we get back to what Tennessee football is supposed to be? That was great for a year. But, you know, we've been used to seeing Tennessee football in our lifetime be, you know, one of the best teams in all of America. Yeah, and, and I think they can. I, I think they can. Uh, I think they can do that again. I mean, I, I think they can be right there with Georgia uh, in the East. Now, it's going to come down to what version of Joe Milton do you get? We know the kid's got a cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he may have the strongest arm uh, in, in college football. Yeah. I, I agree with that. The, the question is, can he can he take uh, two questions about him? One, can he take a little bit off some of those throws? 
so that not everything is a, you know, is a Nolan Ryan fastball. That's one. And then the second thing is, John, I still go back to when he was the starter at Tennessee and he ran out of bounds against Ole Miss with no time left on the clock. I, I, I can't mentally unsee that mm-hmm. in watching that game that night. What was it now, two years ago? I, I just can't. And so for as good as Hendon Hooker was last year, and people want to talk about the numbers and the accuracy and all that, yes, yes, yes. But, man, Hendon Hooker was so darn good in clutch moments last year for Tennessee. Just go back and watch the end of the Alabama game. He went at the big moment. He came through for Tennessee last year. Can Joe Milton do the same thing? Because in that game against Ole Miss, that was the that, that was the mustard bottle game, right? Yeah. Joe Milton wilted when it was on the line. We need to see whether or not he can do that again. If he can, uh, if if he can have a little bit of that Hendon Hooker magic late in games, then hey. Maybe Tennessee's got a shot to be able again to at least be in that conversation again. Uh, I don't. I don't look. Georgia's roster is way way better than anybody else's in the conference. But if you know Tennessee can still be in that conversation and challenge Georgia, finish second in the East, I think that would be. Uh, you're starting to build something if you're Josh Heupel. Getting all of this crap that has floated over this program for the last two years with the NCAA allegations now, finally being able to put that stuff to bed, I think really it kind of lifted a little bit of a load off. I also don't think that is it is pure coincidence that five days after that announcement is made, Tennessee gets a commitment from a five-star wide receiver. Chris, so yeah. I think that's going to help them in recruiting a lot too. Chris, I'll leave you with this uh, nugget too, um, you know, to your point. Um, he's, I mean, he's a career 57.8% passer, uh, completion percentage wise, that number has got to skyrocket this year. Like if, if Tennessee is going to get back to where they need to be, he's got to be much better than a, basically a 50, 50 quarterback as far as his yeah. completion percentage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no doubt. Chris, uh, you did a great job uh, this week. Uh, you and Garrett both, uh, thank you so much for, for being a part uh, of the show and, uh, listen, um, you know, we, uh, we thank you so much for your time and Garrett's time uh, up there. So you can follow Chris on his personal Twitter page at Chris Goforth one. You can hear him pre post and halftime for Atlanta Falcons radio network. And he joined me here on the wade hotline. Chris, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk again here. Hey, soon. man. Thanks, John. Talk to you soon, man. You got it. All right. There you go. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.